Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week, we're going to be recapping the 1995 movie, While You Were Sleeping, starring Bill Pullman and Sandra Bullock. I know you would not consider this a Christmas movie because, uh, you know, it just happens during Christmas. But can we just pretend it's a Christmas movie? This is as close to a Christmas movie that I will enjoy. Yeah, there you go. Except for Home Alone. Because like everybody loves Home Alone. I'm just going to put it out there. Those movies are Christmas adjacent. So there's something adjacent mm. to Christmas that you seem to love. I will concede that these are Christmas adjacent. There you go. I would say that this type of movie is like Sandra Bullock's bread and butter. Yes. And coincidentally, Sandra Bullock is our bread and butter. Listen, I have to show like physical restraint. <laughs> so I don't suggest another Sandra Bullock movie because there's so many to choose from. You know what's great about these like 90s movies is the fact that they're all rated PG. It's like I feel like the rom-coms nowadays, you can't watch them with your kids because there's going to be like a dingling in the background at some point. They're going to see ass cheeks. Someone's going to be double cheeked up. <laughs> Listen, if we're talking about 1995 Bill Pullman, who plays Jack... I would not mind seeing him double cheeked up on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm just saying. Yeah, I would say that we are a little disappointed that there weren't any, you know, butt cheeks in this movie. So our movie starts with Sandra Bullock. And her name is Lucy. Starts with Lucy telling us about how she was raised by a single dad. Her mother died when she was really little and... She was the light of her dad's life mm -hmm. and her dad just adored her. And then it kind of cuts to present day. You know, the story segues into present day. And Lucy is a token taker for the L train in Chicago. Can you can you imagine how antiquated this is? And we like lived through this time. There was a physical person just watching tokens get dropped into a slot. You know what? Like, yeah, that sounds insane. Now it's all digital because people are being replaced by robots. Do you know what, though? The only type of people I think cannot be replaced by robots is comedians. I was on that chat GPT thing that everyone's like raving about. Mm -hmm. And it can do amazing things. It can write poems. It can write stories. It can write resumes. It can write emails. It can do anything you ask it to do. Mm -hmm. If you ask it to write a joke, it is lame as hell. Well, see, here's the thing is that comedy is very nuanced and a lot of it is in delivery. They haven't figured out how to make robots and AI be funny. They don't know how to be funny. Mm -hmm. So Lucy is really lonely. She's effectively an orphan, like her parents are dead. She doesn't have brothers or sisters. She doesn't have any family. She's really lonely. And then she has this lonely job. Yeah, um, which, you know, I feel like with some people, the minority of people, these circumstances would lead to serial killers. Mm, good point. Good point. Lucy is not a serial killer. Um, but she does have some tiny little stalkery tendencies that's a little creepy. You know, the only reason why it's not like overt creepiness is because she's pretty. Well, she's played by Sandra Bullock. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's like really hard for Sandra Bullock to be creepy. If this was like Rosie O'Donnell, mm -hmm. people would be like, lock her up. <laughs> so the thing with Lucy is that because she's so lonely, she has developed a really weird crush on one of the customers that comes mm -hmm. through every morning and drops a token in her booth. 
he has no idea that she exists. And like when I say that, I mean, it's not like he doesn't know her name or, you know, like he could not pick her out of a lineup, which I think is kind of like douchey on his end. He's never looked up at her. He just Mm -mm. drops his token and passes through the turnstile. And she is imagining a whole life with him. She's like trying to figure out what he does for a living because he's really well dressed. Mm -hmm. He looks like a Wall Street bro. But classier. He's classier than a Wall Street boy. He looks like a Wall Street boy that gets his cocaine straight from Colombia. Do you think he like instacarts it from Colombia? He instacarts it. Like he picks the butthole that his cocaine comes to America in. Wow, that's luxury. (laughs) Like the cleanest buttholes out there. I mean, you take us here every time, Courtney. You take us to the butthole. (laughs) I don't know what your obsession is with the buttocks. I try. We always go full circle, either to buttholes or murder. You know what? We should start a podcast called Murder and Buttholes. (laughs) Buttholes and murder. Buttholes and murder. So he doesn't even know she exists. Right. But, you know, like you said, she's making plans in her head about him. And she's like half in love with this dude. Yeah. And she doesn't even know his name. Well, yeah. And I think in her head, she's thinking, okay, one day I'm going to bump into him when I'm getting off work or something. She's coming up with some sort of scenario where she would be able to have a conversation with him. They're going to have a meet cute in the grocery store. Listen, if she wanted to orchestrate a meet cute, she could, but she would rather just sit behind a glass and be creepy. She gets her meet cute. She doesn't really orchestrate it, but she sort of gets it. It's Christmas morning mm-hmm. and Mystery Man walks into the train station. He drops his token in the booth like he usually does, but this time he looks up mm-hmm. and he says, Merry Christmas. She, like a lot of us would in the face of a hot man that we're mildly obsessed with, freezes. She's startled by the fact that he's talked to her. And then he walks away and she's like, she's beating herself up. She's like, good morning. Merry Christmas. I love you. What the fuck? He doesn't care, though. He's already moved down the platform. Yeah, he proceeds to get mugged on the platform on Christmas Day. One of the muggers pushes him. Train dude stumbles and then falls onto the tracks. You know, Lucy's like, oh, no. Oh, no. She's the only one there. Yeah, there's nobody else there. So she gets, you know, out of her booth and she runs over and she jumps on the tracks. She's like, hey, there's a train coming. It's really fast. That's an express train. (laughs) (laughs) She's trying to wake him up by caressing his face. I'm like, girl, this is not the time to caress your crush. Smack him. Yeah, smack him. But what she ends up doing is grabbing him and rolling out of the way. And first of all, like I call bullshit because have you ever tried to like roll your husband? It is not that easy. If they're not willing, it's not that easy. We would call it an adrenaline roll because, yeah, I think rolling dead weight is probably not that easy. He's unconscious. She gets him out of the way. And then, you know, EMS comes They take him. She just like leaves work in the middle of her shift. I know. She's the employee of the month and she just leaves work because she has to go to the hospital. She has to make sure that her crush is okay. Yeah. And, you know, she gets there and she sees him coming with EMS. 
And she tries to go over and see him. And they're like, ma'am, you know, are you related? And she says no. And the doctor is like, you know what? It's family only. I'm really sorry. Yeah. You know, I which, you know, obviously. Right. But he's like, I can't tell you anything. You need to go wait in the waiting room. Lucy sees the doctors take him away. She's kind of bummed. And she says to herself, I was going to marry him. And a nurse hears this and is like, come with me, honey. And she takes her back to go see him. So the guy is still unconscious, but his family like storms in a bunch of people. Yeah. Lucy gets up and like scurries to the side. And I think her plan is to kind of just like slip on out the door. Yeah. The doctor is explaining to train guy's family that he's in a coma, but his vitals are all good. His brain activity is good and that, you know, he'll wake up. He just needs some time. And then they they finally notice Lucy. They're like, who the hell is this? And of course, the nurse who has been dying for this, she's like, oh, my God, she saved his life. That's his fiance. Yes. And they're like, his fiance. Oh, my God. We had no idea. You know, they're surprised, but they're really happy. They're shocked. But I just want to say, how lucky is she that he's not already married? That would be really weird. (laughs) Or that his his wife is not standing there. So, you know, she pulls the nurse aside and she's like, what makes you think I'm his fiance? Why would you say that? Right. The nurse is like, I heard you say you were going to marry him. And Lucy's like, I was talking to myself. And the nurse was like, well, next time you talk to yourself, don't say crazy things. Yeah. She's (laughs) like, the next time you talk to yourself, tell yourself that you're single and in the conversation. (laughs) Which like, fair. None None of us say that. You know, you sort of get the notion that Peter was not estranged, but, you know, like not really like super heavily involved with the family, which is why they were so willing to believe that he got engaged and didn't tell anybody. Yeah, that's true. And I think the family really jumped at the opportunity to like embrace part of Peter's life. Yeah. And things just kind of spiral from this point. Lucy leaves goes home but then she comes back to the hospital in the middle of the night she does she can't sleep that night she goes to peter's bedside he's still unconscious he's still in a coma and she kind of confesses to this unconscious man yeah and she's like hey you know my name's lucy i see you all the time um (laughs) i'm a low-key obsessed with you you know she's like your family thinks we're engaged it's really just you know like A silly, funny misunderstanding. Um, (laughs) She actually opens up to this uh, unconscious Mm -hmm. man who is as good a listener as any man. She has such a soothing voice, too. I love Sandra Bullock's voice. I do. Honestly, like, I wish she would write, like, a memoir. Mm -hmm. She will be recounting her trauma and we'd be, like, falling asleep all cozy. We like... Just with a smile on our faces. (laughs) Keep talking, Sandra. Keep talking. She tells Peter... That, you know, she's been lonely her whole life and that his family's really nice and she doesn't know how to, Mm -hmm. like, break their heart, you know. And little does she know that Peter's godfather is standing outside of the room and he heard the whole thing. Yeah, she has no idea. And um, godfather doesn't confront her or anything. He just slips away. I was really shocked. He's just kind of like, whoa. Once again, I am dying for the opportunity to walk in on an important confession or conversation. I mean, 
how did the air vents work at your house? Because (laughs) um, my parents, like, I just want to say, like, my bedroom was right above my father's office. So, like, I heard all of the juicy details. Really? Like, my, my, that's what my parents always fought was my dad's office. Mm-hmm. And so, like, those air vents are, like, connected. Like, all I had to do was go sit by the window. Yeah. I got a front row seat to all of the... I, I knew everything. That's crazy. I will keep that in mind in my house with my air vents. You, you, you're going to have to plug up the air vents if you want to argue in a certain room. Well, I'm going to be standing next to the air vent waiting for some tea and then... I'm- I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I'm home alone. Like, there's no one here. You know what? I'm going to come to your house and then they have an important conversation on the phone call and make sure you can overhear me. That's why I love you. You would do that for me? I would fulfill that wish for you, yes. That is so sweet. Would you confront me? Would you be like, Courtney, are you a drug dealer? I would send you an anonymous letter. I would send an anonymous letter to the FBI. (gasps) You would turn me in? Probably. (laughs) Well... Never mind. <laughs> Listen, I just want to be El Chapo and you want me to get arrested. Why do you want to be El Chapo? He like kills people, dude. Actually, I want to be like Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar is the reason why there's random like wild hippos in South America because like he brought them there for his own private zoo when he got like arrested and then died. All his animals in his zoo were let loose and now there's like cocaine hippos. Um, in Colombia. I think they're stuffed with cocaine. Uh, no, they're like all jacked up on cocaine. <laughs> There's like cocaine in their blood. But the the hippos like thrive there. And like they're not supposed to be there. So like they're like invasive to the environment. And yeah. also hi- hippos are like really dangerous. I bet hippos that are high on cocaine are really dangerous, I would imagine. Even just regular hippos are really dangerous. Like they're kind of cute, but like they're also like they'll fucking kill you. Lucy stays at the hospital all night with Peter. In the morning, she, you know, goes to leave and his family kind of files in and they invite her to their house that evening for dinner. Yeah, they're having, you know, kind of a postponed Christmas. First of all, Lucy kind of hesitates. She's not sure she wants to go to their house for dinner because, you know, she's lying to them. Mm -hmm. But she's also really lonely. Yeah, she has nobody. She has her cat. Earlier that day, she dipped her Oreo into her cat's milk dish. I was trying to overlook that. That was so disgusting. (laughs) Why are people still giving cats milk? Like, you're not supposed to. It's bad for their tummies. This was 95. They didn't have Google. They didn't know. Milk was bad for cats' tummies back in 95, too. I know, but people didn't know that. I bet you didn't know that. I bet if we ask, if we go, if we get on a time machine and we ask Courtney in 1995, what kind of drink do you give a cat? I bet your little redheaded butt would say milk. Um, well, I was six, so probably. <laughs> Lucy does relent and she mm-hmm. goes over to the Callahan's for postponed Christmas. Post-Christmas Christmas. <laughs> she finds Godfather outside and, you know, he's very kind. He's very sweet to her, but he does kind of give her sort of like a veiled threat. You know, he says, listen. I will stop anybody who intends on hurting this family. Capiche? Yeah. So he doesn't tell her that he heard her confess, Mm -hmm. but I think he's kind of telling her, like, I have my eye on you. And you know what? This Christmas, like this whole Christmas night scene 
is so adorable because they even they get Lucia stalking, they get Lucia present. It's not like she's witnessing a family gathering. They're including her. Mm-hmm. She is sitting on the floor in the living room. They're making jokes. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, she feels so welcomed. She does. You could tell it's really bittersweet for her because she is so used to being alone. And right now she's feeling at home. It's really sad, kind of, like, to be honest. Mm-hmm. They, you know, make the couch up for her. She falls asleep. Late, late in the night, after everybody's in bed, a new member of the family arrives in the middle of the night. So it turns out that Peter has a brother, and uh, his brother's name is Jack. Mm-hmm. Lucy's on the couch pretending to be asleep. Jack looks over and one glimpse at Lucy, and he goes, that's not Peter's fiance." Yeah, she, he's like, no, that's not Peter's fiance." Little sister's like, well, she is, and she's pretty awesome. You're going to love her. Lucy is awake and she overhears this. So you can imagine she's like, oh, crap, I've been made. Yeah. So first thing in the morning, Lucy wakes up before anybody else in the house is up. Well, she thinks she wakes up before anybody else is up. And she's trying to like tiptoe walk out like it's the walk of shame. Yeah. But uh, Jack is sitting on the steps, reading the newspapers, sipping his coffee, waiting for Lucy to get up. Yeah, and he starts questioning her right away, like, oh, you're uh, you're Peter's fiance, huh? And you could tell in his eyes that he's just not buying it. Yeah, he's absolutely not buying it. And she dips as quickly as possible. You know, the hospital gives Lucy a box of Peter's things that was on him when he got mugged and came into the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things is a can of cat food. And she's like, oh, shit, he has a cat. I have to go feed this cat. Um, at the same time, Lucy is going over to feed Peter's cat. Jack shows up at Lucy's place and he's asking around about her. He asks this gentleman named Jimmy Jr. He's like, hey, do you know Lucy? And the Jimmy Jr. goes, know her. I'm dating her. So Jack and Lucy are at the hospital with all the family there and he just starts grilling her, like asking her a bunch of questions because he's had enough. He's like, this is this is not real. Well, also, the entire family is in this room. Yeah. It's not just Lucy and Jack. Jack thinks he's calling Lucy out for being a liar. Lucy is able to debunk pretty quickly that the landlord's son is just a douchebag. He's not her boyfriend. But I think... I think Jack not believing her is making the family side-eyed her and they kind of all look at her expectantly waiting for some sort of information that only the fiance will know. Lucky for Lucy, she had ran into one of Peter's colleagues the day beforehand and the colleague talks about an accident. The colleague had just told her, like, I'm sure Peter told you about the accident. You know, we were playing basketball and I didn't realize I had a pencil in my pocket. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't tell her what happened. But in the moment when Lucy is standing there in front of Peter's family, she remembers that conversation and she kind of takes a leap in assuming what that story meant. Yeah. The family is looking at her for confirmation And she states, Peter only has one testicle. 
I would have never put two and two together if someone was like, oh, we had an accident because I had a pencil in my back pocket during basketball. I would be like, okay, and like, were you guys grinding against each other? Like, is that how men play basketball? I don't know. Like, was Peter twerk? Like, were you twerking onto Peter's like junk? Yeah. How did his... I don't get sports. How did his... (laughs) (laughs) I I don't get sports. How did his nut end up on your back pocket right how did his testicle end up getting punctured by something that's in your back pocket it just seems a little homoerotic mm-hmm. that's all i'm gonna say i think all sports are a little homoerotic oh no we're trying to get the ball it's not my fault if i get a handful of his balls my face so lucy you could tell lucy is like super frazzled and that this has gone on long enough for her. Yeah. Godfather pulls Lucy aside and is like, I saw the fight or flight in your eyes. Don't say anything. I was here when you were confessing everything to Peter that first night. Let this, like this family finally feels like they have Peter back. Um, Don't ruin this for them, okay? That's so weird to me. And you know what else is weird to me? Is that the Godfather is not the only person encouraging Lucy to continue to lie because she had even told her boss Mm -hmm. and the boss was like, it's fine. Let them, you know, don't tell them the truth. It's fine. Um, Roll with it. Why is everyone encouraging her to lie? It's so weird to me. You know what? Mm, Doesn't make sense. (gasps) What if all the people? Oh, my God, Courtney. I just blew this case wide open. What? What if all the people encouraging her to lie are actually just inside of her own head? Are the people we see encouraging her interacting with anyone else in the movie? Or could they be figments of her crazy imagination because she's a psycho? Like in The Sixth Sense or Fight Club? I just mean like she's crazy. And isn't that kind of like a big responsibility to put on her shoulders? Like, hey, if you tell the truth, grandma's going to die. Do you want to kill Nana? (laughs) I don't think so. Anyways, so... Lucy kind of goes on like pretending to be this dude's fiance. So Jack comes over to Lucy's house and he tells her, my parents got you an engagement present. It's furniture. Uh He takes her out to this giant furniture truck and he opens it up Uh and Lucy sees a rocking chair. She is so excited. She is so in love with this rocking chair. And Jack's like, "Mm, actually, that's one that's not yours. I made that one. It's for somebody else. The love seat is yours. Right. And behind him, there is the most hideous love seat. It's like green floral print. She doesn't have room for it at her place. It's so weird to get someone furniture. I have like a 2,500 square foot house. I don't have room for just an extra love seat. I know. Please don't give someone furniture. That's so weird. Mm -hmm. So they go to Peter's house. They bring in the couch. And when they come back out, Jack's truck... It's blocked into the parking space. So they end up having to walk home together. It's like a cute little, it's giving first date vibes. It's giving first date vibes. Listen, if I was walking in the frigid code, my face would be buried into my coat. You'd only see my eyeballs. I would not be talking. You know what? I, I would not walk. That's what Ubers are for. It's 1995. Um, That's what cabs are for. True that. Jack pokes fun of her coat and she tells him it belonged to her dad. And then almost immediately she goes into this long kind of tirade about how she wanted to travel and she hasn't gotten a chance to. Uh Jack says, if you could travel one place in the world, where would it be? Before he even finished his sentence, she's like, 
Florence, Italy. Florence, Italy. Yeah. Jack opens up to Lucy as well. And he says how he doesn't want to sell used furniture that they buy at estate sales. He wants to build his own furniture, but he feels kind of stuck. It's the kind of conversation where people are opening up. And I'm going to tell you what. Lucy is pretty giggly for someone who is now fake engaged to her longtime crush. Mm-hmm. She's too giggly talking to his brother. I agree. Right as Jack walks Lucy up to her apartment building, mm-hmm. there is a sheet of ice on the ground and they end up slipping on it and then kind of clinging on each other for dear life. Mm-hmm. And their faces come very close to each other. It's an almost kiss. It's getting very tense. And Lucy goes home. She's all giddy. Like the love of her life isn't in a coma. Yeah, she realizes she's catching feelings for the brother of her fake fiance. First world problems. (laughs) Listen, Sandra Bullock problems, okay? Like psycho white women problems. How many times have you had a fake fiance? Uh, Let's see. Carry the one... Zero. Zero times. Oh, mine is one. Are you serious? <laughs> but it, it was like a joke. Like we were both it on the joke, you know? One of you wasn't in a coma. One of us wasn't in a coma. Um, His name is Randy and he proposed to me at a White Castle with a chicken ring. Nice. Things just kind of get progressively more awkward from here. They do. Did you, do you remember what her boss told her? What? Her boss is like, you're engaged to a vegetable. Just unplug him. I was like, that's so mean. That's so mean. Honestly, if Peter died, everything would just be so much easier. <laughs> no, because then it's like his brother's widow. Like he, Jack is not going to fall in love with his brother's widow, although that happens a lot. He already fell in love with his brother's fiance. True. Oh, is it is it classier to fall in love with your brother's girl while he's alive or after he's dead. Do you think Jack was thinking about pulling the plug? <laughs> oh, you know what? 10 out of 10. Jack was like, mm? little Yankee yank. Little bit of a yank on the wall. The thing is that Peter is in a coma, but he's completely fine. Like the doctors uh-huh. say he's going to be fine. So he's not dying. So Jack goes in to see Peter and he's he's playing cards with Peter's comatose body, which is kind of weird, but like what ofs. But it's also a little bit cute. A little bit cute. And Jack obviously wins because Peter's in a coma. (laughs) And (laughs) he's like, you know, I've never been envious of anything you had until now. Yeah. And then he says, all right, you know, winner of the next hand gets Lucy. Mm. Um, And Peter's comatose body wins. And then Jack's like three out of five. (laughs) (laughs) The next scene that we have, Lucy is having dinner with the family again. Mm-hmm. After dinner, Lucy goes to see herself out and Jack's like, oh, yeah, I have to leave, too. And the family is like, "Uh oh, you're under the mistletoe. And they're like, kiss her. The whole family starts to heckle them to kiss. This is weird. Like, it's not it's not just me. Right. This is weird. Could you imagine if your husband and your sister were under the mistletoe and your mom's like, kiss Kiss her. Kiss her. <laughs> Someone is going to lose a limb. It's not going to be your mom, though. I'm she not going to tell me. you who. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be my mom. <laughs> it's going to be no, your sister. I- <laughs> it's going to be It's gonna be Mr. Rose. <laughs> Somebody. 
um, it's so weird to me because the whole family is like excitedly like, oh, you guys have to do it. You have to do it. Kiss her, kiss her. And so Jack leans in and he gives Lucy an awkward kind of peck, but it's mm-hmm. also a little bit like spicy somehow. You know what? It's the tension, that sexual tension. And you're just like, mm, yes. The crackle in the air. So while everyone is, you know, celebrating and being, you know, weird about kissing, Peter gets a message on his answering machine at home. Answering machines are like voicemail. (laughs) But they used little cassette tapes. Mm -hmm. Back then when someone left you a message, it just played out loud. Yes. Anyways, Peter gets a voicemail from Ashley. She's like, you know what, Peter? I've been thinking and... What the hey? I'll marry you. I'm coming back from Portugal. So, like, he proposed to this woman. She fled the country, (laughs) changed her mind, and decided to leave a message. First of all, I don't know how long it's been since he proposed and she fled to Portugal, but he's been in a coma for a couple days. So it's been it's been a minute How do you know he didn't fall in love with someone else? Because, spoiler alert, he has a new fiancé. I feel like if somebody proposes to you and you say no, and there's no, like, discussion on the rationale there, y'all should just pretend like you never met. Mm -hmm. Like, it's time to break up. Like you said, we could just tell that Peter is probably not a great guy. Yeah, you know, even though his family seems to think that Peter like rose and hung the moon and the stars. Peter is the golden child. Yeah. And he was actually in the local newspaper as a boy for saving a family of squirrels. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Is that really newsworthy? Like in Chicago? Um, Maybe it was more like a a fluff piece. Yeah. Like a fluff piece where they're like, hey, people are afraid because of all the murders. (laughs) And they're like, this boy saved squirrels and they're like, run with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The good news of the day. Yeah. Peter and Jack's little sister goes to see Lucy at work. Mm-hmm. And little sister is doing what little sisters do best. She is eavesdropping and spying. Mm-hmm. And she overhears a piece of a conversation. She is, she is not reading the room on the tone of this conversation. The little sister goes to the family and announces to everyone that Lucy's pregnant. First of all, if Lucy was pregnant, why are you making the announcement? You know, the family is confused, but excited again. That's like their family motto. Like if if they had a crest, it would say Callahan's confused, but excited. Pretty confused, but happy to be here. (laughs) You know, Jack, Mama, Mama Callahan sends Jack over to, you know, talk to Lucy to kind of keep an eye on her because Lucy is at she's at a New Year's Eve party with is it her friends or is her coworkers, right? It's her coworkers. Yeah. And listen, Lucy is taking some shots. She is like, yeah, happy new year. And Jack, thinking she's pregnant, is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah, Jack is like, are you kidding me? You're you're pregnant. You can't take these shots. And Lucy says, why would you think I'm pregnant? And Jack says, it would just make so much more sense. Yeah, and Jack's really insinuating that the only way that like Peter would tie himself to a girl like Lucy is if he got her knocked up. And he's like, oh, so this is why you're with Peter because you're knocked up. Mm -hmm. 
Well, obviously, she takes a lot of offense to that. I would. Yeah, it's it's offensive. <laughs> they kind of get into it. And Jack tells her, like, you're not his type. And what he kind of fails to mention is that she's his type. P- Meanwhile, Peter, who has been blissfully ignorant and in a coma. Yeah. Um, he wakes up. Yes, he opens his eyes. And so the whole family gets called to the hospital. I don't think the hospital tells them why they're calling them, because I think if Lucy knew that Peter was awake, she would have got in a car accident on the way there. Yeah, she would have ran off a cliff, um, driven off a cliff. She would have fled the country. Yeah. Well, Lucy ends up in the hospital room. Peter's awake. All his family's all around. And Peter seems to know everyone except Lucy. He looks at Lucy and goes, who are you? Um, And then the doctor is like, oh, like selective amnesia is like it's common with head injuries. Yeah. So immediately poor Peter is being gaslit into thinking that he has amnesia, which honestly, if everyone you knew, if your whole family is telling you like, Courtney, this is your fiance, you have amnesia, you have no choice but to believe them. Yeah, well, you know what? Peter's going through like, you know, all of all of his memories. And he's like, oh, no, like I went here. I did this. Um, Here's my address. He's going through everything he knows. He's like, I know everything about my life except for my fiance. Yeah. Now that Peter's awake, he's being moved, you know, like out of the ICU and into like a different unit. And he's with Jack. This was a really interesting scene because we have the two brothers alone together again. And Peter tells Jack, man, I can't believe I'm engaged to Lucy. Like everyone seems to love her. I guess I just have to figure out what makes her special. Jack's like, "Uh, let me help you um, like know your fiance. And he just starts going off on why Lucy is awesome. Peter's really outing himself to be not a good person because he's just really like he says, I've never been faithful to anyone. She's not the type I would usually go for. But he's like, I don't know this accident. I think it's my my new lease on life. And I should start over with Lucy and marry her, even though I, I she's not my type and I don't love her. Listen, if Peter goes through with this marriage, they're going to be divorced in less than a year, like six months. A hundred percent. And I think because he's been gaslit into thinking he has amnesia, he's thinking, I must have had a good reason to propose to her. And I think he sort of starts to see maybe why he did it when Ashley shows up at the hospital. So Ashley, the actual fiance, shows up. And the thing is, she has been leaving Peter messages like the whole week. And the last message she left, she's like, Peter, I want my cat back. (laughs) You have my cat. Yes. Somebody mentioned something about his fiance, and she's like, "You're, I'm your fiance." Yeah, and he's like, "No, you're not. Lucy's my fiance." Yeah, <laughs> and she goes, "But you proposed to me," and he goes, "You said no." Yeah, and then you moved to Portugal. <laughs> Why wouldn't I just propose to somebody else? Peter gives a speech to Lucy, and he tells her, like, he basically doubles down. He's like. You gave me a second chance at life. My family loves you. I might as well love you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to marry you. I want to marry you. So he effectively proposes to her again. So she kind of becomes his real fiance now. 
I guess Peter's like, hey, listen, like, um, my bitch ass is going to flake. So you might want to get this on lockdown, like, as quick as possible. That night, Jack goes over to Lucy's apartment and he gives her a present, which is a snow globe of Florence because she had mentioned that she wanted to go to Florence. And of course, there's kind of this magical music playing to help you remember that Jack and Lucy are actually in love, even though she's marrying his brother. And Lucy asks Jack a question, which I think was a very inappropriate question to ask. Yeah. um, Lucy goes, can you give me a reason on why I shouldn't marry your brother? She's not asking from the perspective of like, hey, am I making a mistake? She's asking from the perspective of like, if you're in love with me, you need to tell me now. And I think that's such a crappy weight to put on Jack's shoulder because she's asking him, like, steal me away from your brother. And you know what? Jack really wants to, but Jack's also like a good brother. Yeah. So he says, I can't. And Lucy takes that as he doesn't want her. And so she's going through with the wedding. She invites her boss because she doesn't have any other friends. Yeah. Her boss is like, you're insane. But he's here for the tea. Yeah, he's here for the tea. And she's like, yes, I'm crazy. I am marrying a rich, handsome guy that wants to marry me. And I'm like, you know what? Fair enough. I mean, there's no other options on the table, (laughs) you know? They're getting married. But it's at the chapel in the hospital. Peter is wearing a tux, but he still has his um, IV pole hooked up to him. Right. Like, I don't understand why it has to be, like, today. Like, why? Right. Is is Peter dying? Lucy gets there. She's late to her own wedding. She walks herself down the aisle by herself. Mm -hmm. She doesn't look very happy. She looks terrified. She gets up there. The preacher says, like, two words to start the ceremony. And she goes, I object. Yeah. (laughs) And then immediately Jack says, I object too. And everyone's like, what is going on? She turns to Peter's parents and she goes, I'm in love with your son. And they're like, yeah, we know. She's like, oh, no, not that one. The other one. Why she chooses this moment to come clean, I'll never understand. You can't tell me that you're not a drama queen when you're choosing standing in front of everyone, holding your bouquet to explain that you're in love with someone else. You love the drama, girl. The way you could not waterboard this information out of me in front of people. Right. And, you know, Peter is like, okay. Peter is not that upset because he was kind of confused about why he was marrying her in the first place. So Peter doesn't really have any skin in the game. He doesn't even know her. So he's just kind of like, I guess. uh, Sure. I guess you're in love with my brother or whatever. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care at all. Um, And then Ashley storms in the actual fiance, and she's like, I object. Then another dude comes in. Um, The other dude who comes in happens to be Ashley's husband. He says, I object to your objection. Yes, it's, there's so much drama here, girl. And then people are like, who's that? And Peter's like, oh, that's Ashley's husband. And they're like, Peter, you proposed to a woman that was already married? And he's like, yeah. It's a full on Jerry Springer episode. It's it's there's so much tea, the money I would pay to be sitting among those guests. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, Lucy leaves. She caused all this drama and then she's kind of panic moon walks out. Like <laughs> She dips out. She goes home alone with her cat. And it just kind of uh-huh. seems like she's back to the beginning of the movie because We see her at work, and once again, she's just watching people drop tokens into her booth. Mm -hmm. 
and we are back to her being alone and just being in this like soul sucking job. Then, you know, as she's just kind of chilling, watching people drop tokens, somebody comes up and they drop a ring in the token slot. Someone drops an engagement ring and it's Jack with his whole family behind him. Yeah. This family is a ride or die. Mm -hmm. They thought she was marrying Peter when they had never met her and they welcomed her with open arms. And then she stood Peter up at the altar and then they're like, oh, okay, no, we're changing alliances that quickly. Listen, Jack and Peter, no matter who marries her, they could never divorce Lucy because then she would get to keep his family. That's so true. I mean, ultimately, the family loves her. So, yeah. So this is how Jack proposes. And he asks her, you know, two words. He just says, marry me. And she says, yeah, I love you. You dumbass. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. This is the beginning of the end of our movie. He takes her to Florence for their honeymoon. And she does like the little like over epilogues voiceover. Yeah, she does. I mean, we see her in her wedding dress, which is gorgeous. It's, you know, the wedding dress she was wearing with Peter was horrendous. It it honestly looked like a toddler's little sailor dress, but not cute. It was hideous. It was so bad. So, yeah, Lucy gets her happily ever after. And I'm I'm happy for her. Um, She lied her way to the top. And, you know, props to you, girl. No consequences. Zero consequences. Nobody can nobody can hate on her because honestly, it's Sandra Bullock. She could lie her way into anything and I'd be like, I love her for it. Yeah, she could. I think the very next day she could decide that she's actually in love with the dad and the mom would be like, girl, whatever you need. You know, we just want you as part of our family. We're here for you. (laughs) We support you. Yeah. And, you know, that's where our movie leaves us. The teapot is empty for the day. (laughs) Don't worry. More is brewing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.